0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla offers a small update on the Texas Gigafactory that also includes a possible signpost about Cybertruck production. Plus, Westport, Connecticut gets a Model 3 police car, Giga Shanghai moves closer to starting its own Model Y production, and more. happening, friends. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. It's episode 267 for September 13th, 2020, which means this is my last show of my 30s. I had you for a second there, maybe. No, I am not quitting the podcast anytime soon, believe me. But yes, I do turn 40 In one week, September 20th, so it's actually next week's show will publish on my birthday. I guess technically I'll be recording one more, because I record on Friday nights, so 268 will actually be the last one I record in my 30s, but I don't quite know what to make of this birthday yet. I had hoped to do something really fun and unique with my family, ideally I'd, I'd hope to maybe travel somewhere, either back to New Jersey. To my uh, my birthplace and, and where I still have some family or, or do something, but that won't be happening. You know, just just being at home and that's okay. I'm uh, I'm healthy. I'm employed. I can't complain, and I can always celebrate and do something fun down the road when uh, when hopefully life gets a little bit more back to normal and a little safer. But anyway, uh, as always, Daisy the Boxer is with me. She's hanging out on her dog bed behind me, and I'm looking forward to another fun episode with you today. Uh, I wanted to say, stay tuned to the very, very end. I mean, hopefully you listen to the whole thing every week, but if you don't, if you skip any parts of it, uh, I will just tell you that this week, at the very end of the show, I will have my hands-on impressions of the Lucid Air electric vehicle that is uh, in in the works, and it's coming out fairly soon. It's due in spring of 2021. They had their unveiling event this week. I was very fortunate to be invited to their corporate headquarters which is actually not far from Tesla. They're in Newark, California, uh, just up the way from Fremont and they were kind enough, I guess they, you know, they thought, well, let's reach out to some Tesla content creators and and see if they'll uh they'll come check us out and talk about us and and sure why not. I was happy to take them up on the invitation be- because they're local. You know, I could travel there safely, and it was all social distance and safe and everything, so uh, I was happy to do that, and I will talk about that at the very end of the show, because after all, this is a Tesla podcast. If you only care about Tesla and you don't care about uh, anything that Lucid has going on, I will not rob you of any other Tesla content, so stay tuned to the very end of the show if you're curious about that. Also, before I get going, I wanted to note I had an absolutely fantastic time with a bunch of you at the Google Hangout that I did uh, last weekend, and that was with all of the new Patreon supporters that had jumped in during the month of August at that new $7 tier or higher. So, you know, I had so much fun. It was great to, to see some faces and and just talk to people and just chat chat, chat Tesla and, and talk about everything that's going on in the in the crazy world of Tesla that I thought, you know what? Why don't I just keep doing this? So I thought, let me let me keep this going every month for any new Patreon supporter. But instead of, let's have about we'll do this, the $5 tier. So if you jump in at the $5 tier or higher, or you upgrade to that during the month of September, I'll do a one-time group Google Hangout at the beginning of October, with that group of people and it'll just be another chance to to chat with a bunch of you hopefully if you're if you're willing and able to support me and and then you uh wanna go ahead and join that Google Hangout, it'll be fun. So you can find out more on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right, let me get started with the week's Tesla news. Remember the Bargersville, Indiana Police Department that put a Model 3 into service in its police fleet? Well, uh, at the time, if you remember, I said it was it was almost certainly going to spread, that other towns were going to do it. And sure enough, here's at least one new case of that exact thing happening. My friends at the YouTube channel, now you know, that's uh, Zach and Jesse, they're very nice guys. They went out and did a Tesla police car ride along in Westport, Connecticut, which is where this uh this police department is that's tricked out a Model 3 for police duty. And get this, the car is a performance Model 3. It's a it's what we kind of call the P3D minus. I don't know if we're still really using that term, but that's when the when the performance Model 3 first rolled out 2 years ago which, when I got mine. You could order it without all of the sort of performance accoutrement. You could just get it with the upgraded motors, basically. You could just get the performance without the 20-inch wheels, without the spoiler, without the the larger brakes and rotors and calipers, um, without the aluminum pedals on the interior, all that stuff. You could just get basically a stealth performance Model 3 with the 18-inch wheels, and that is exactly what Westport, Connecticut has done. So I wanted to play you three clips from the 48 minute video that now you know did with the the Tesla police, the Tesla, the the police department and their Tesla in Westport, Connecticut. So here is the chief of police saying how they came to do this in the first place.
1: We live in a very progressive community. The community is on us on reducing our carbon footprint. What are we doing for the environment? There's been many initiatives, everything from uh, removing plastic bags and plastic straws. So the town is really on top of this. It's not just the police department. So having the support from the community and being able to tell somebody that this is the, the movement, this is how we move forward, having the support certainly made it easier. So a lot of the things that come up are, why a Tesla, why does the police department need a performance car, a luxury car? So that's when we got to pause a minute, because the reality of it is there hasn't been another police car or another car that could be a police car on the safety side and also on the crash rating side, but also the performance. So a lot of people say, why do you need to go so fast? It's very simple. Picture a police officer doing speed enforcement on the side of the road. A car goes by at 55 miles an hour. He is starting from zero it really becomes a time and distance Mm. so do we want and this is not to knock some of the other electric cars a car that takes nine seconds to get up to 60 miles an hour so when you do time and distance we we are taking longer to catch up to the offender the offender is speeding away much quicker than we can catch up so in order to only make it up to 60 miles to catch up to him at some point that car has to hit 75 or 80. to catch up. So what are we doing? We're putting the driver, the officer at risk, and anybody who's around him. So when you start doing the math, there's a practical side to this. At the same time, as a police chief, I can't put my officers in harm's way that the car that I'm getting you is lesser on the crash ratings or it doesn't have the same quality of crash ratings. So that's how we ended up here. That's why the Tesla. Additionally, by getting this model, the performance of getting over 300 miles possibly on the charge Puts us in an area that we can run more than two shifts, and on, and the, get same com- on the same we're running about 16 hours wow. before we need a charge.
0: I absolutely love that the community is the one that wanted this. Good job, Westport, Connecticut. I'll tell you, if I have any Westport listeners out there, I would genuinely love to hear from you about how, a how you feel about this, and b if you've seen this car around town, and c if you were actually part of the community effort to get this Model 3 into your town's police fleet. So drop me a line. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you could call in as well. I'll give you the call-in information later on in the show when we get to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Uh, The next clip I have for you is about the challenges of, of actually physically getting this car into service in a in a way that is suitable for police duty. Take a listen to this.
1: So what did you have to do to get this car ready for police detail? So the lighting package is very important because that's what keeps people away from striking a police car. That's what keeps them from moving out of the way. Mm-hmm and not getting in the officer's response, and at the same time a lot of the reflective that you're seeing on the car. So this is where it got a little complicated because there's probably hundreds of thousands of cars that are getting done each year when you're looking at Ford or some of the other models. Mm-hmm. This was one of. The companies that we went to outfit it had never done one. Right. Uh, the engineering companies that supplied the lights and made the lighting system for it had never done one. So even our radio antennas, some of the issues that come up, the whole top of the car is glass. Right. So we don't have the luxury of drilling through and putting an antenna that sticks out. Mm-hmm. So all those things took a lot of time, it took a little bit of money. The, the beauty of it is when you are the first one doing it, these companies were more than willing to work with us.
2: Oh, because they know there's probably going to be more of these exactly. coming. Exactly.
1: They, they knew that they wanted to also be on the forefront. This isn't something that you want to sit in the back seat and wait. So they were very willing, uh, both financially and in concept, of how much they were going to do with us.
0: You know, I wonder if the Westport police talked to the Bargersville police chief at all. I mean, because it's, it's not out of the question for them to just trade emails about it. I mean, it's, a, it's certainly a big decision since they're each a, a fairly small town in, in both cases. So it's, you know, you've, you've got uh, things you'd want to talk about there where, where the, uh, the Westport team could certainly learn a lot from Bargersville, depending on on how their experience has gone, and and even with regard to outfitting the car, too. So anyway, um, as far as wiring up the Model 3 for police work, I wonder if it was easier than wiring up a gas car, other than, of course, the fact that, as he pointed out there, that they hadn't really done a model three before, but as far as like, I wonder if it was physically or logistically easier since there's just less stuff in a Tesla than in an internal combustion engine car. Uh, the third and final clip I would like to point you to here is, uh, about Zach and Jesse asking, what's it like when the community sees this car? Take a listen.
1: So in town, again, going back because it is a progressive town, there's a group called Sustainable Westport. It's a private organization, but also supported very well by the community. So initially, we had them do all the research as to what the savings would be, what it would cost, to have this car compared to a regular car. Mm -hmm. So it made it a little easier for us and certainly that data is available for other people um, because we weren't supplying our own data. It was an independent organization Mm -hmm. that was able to say, look, this is what the car costs. This is what a police car currently costs. This is what you get per gallon and this is what you will get charge on it so they did all the breakdown so there wasn't a lot of well the police is just telling you because they want that right we left it up to them is this a good deal for what work we do day to day
0: well again after hearing this i would look for this trend of using model threes as police cars to continue to spread to other towns and then smaller cities and then larger cities probably in that order because the smaller towns and then the smaller cities are probably more nimble, bureaucratically speaking, in terms of making something like this happen than the larger cities are. I mean, there's just there's less red tape, I think, in, in a lot of instances. I think the smaller towns in the cities are going to be the test cases as well here, too, to prove that this experiment is successful. And then you will see the larger cities adopt it on a larger scale. So... That's gonna be really cool to see as time goes on. Anyway, there is a lot more where that came from. This was a really cool video by Zach and Jesse here and I also wanted to tip my cap to the Tesla Motors Reddit, which is where I first spotted this. So played you a few clips there, but I encourage you to go watch the entire 48 minute video. They did a ride along. So there was an interview that was sort of the that, that was the part I was playing you a few clips from. but then there is a full ride along for the day. Uh, in that Tesla police car. So look up, just go on YouTube and type in now you know and you will find their YouTube channel, no problem. Next up this week, the Cybertruck might start initial trial production and yes, I'm verbally underlining the word trial there, but trial production as early as May of 2021. This report coming via Tesla Roddy, who writes, Tesla recently presented its Travis County Colorado River Project partner pre-qualification presentation, which gets a lot of points, by the way, for alliteration. I'm very impressed by that. I think somebody at Tesla that that part that was part of this presentation has an English degree and/ or journalism degree and had a little fun with that. But anyway, uh, as Tesla Roddy writes, that presentation included a rough time frame for the upcoming Cybertruck and Tesla Semi Factory. The presentation, which was posted on the website of the City of Austin and shared by Tesla Motors Club member H. Ridge20, so tip of the cap there, revealed that Giga Texas's first dry-in is set for December 30th of this year. And its first substantial completion, yes, that is a proper noun capitalized term. Is scheduled for May 1st, 2021. Dry-In is getting the building literally structurally sound, but then first substantial completion, that's what we want to pay attention to here. It refers, as Tesla Rodin writes, to the stage when a construction project is completed to a degree where it could be used for its intended purpose. With this in mind, it appears that Tesla is looking to have the installation of the Cybertruck's production equipment done by May, allowing the company to start trial runs of the all-electric pickup truck before the end of the second quarter of 2021. Now, that sounds like an incredibly aggressive target, even for trial production, which, to be super clear, does not at all mean proper production cars. Think of trial production as kind of like the beta cars that we saw running around for the Model Y a few months before it came out, and then back three years ago, there were beta Model 3s running around getting sighted in the wild, too, that were you know kind of just engineering validation prototypes, essentially. And that's what they would be used for. The engineering teams would be taking them out and testing individual systems. Like one team might be playing with the suspension and dialing in the suspension settings. Another team might be uh, doing NVH, noise vibration harshness, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, all the other disciplines that there are for the, that internal testing. But that being said, even in that scenario, uh, it where that's the situation, it would probably put them on track to start actual production Around Q4 of 2021, which is what Tesla originally said at the reveal event for the Cybertruck last November. Now, considering that Giga Texas at this moment in time is still a freshly graded dirt patch, uh, all of that, still, even ev- that explanation I just gave about sort of the process and how I think it could go. All of that still might sound nuts to you, given where things are today. And quite frankly, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that. But the reason for optimism here, I feel, is the simplicity of the Cybertruck's assembly process. You take your giant rolls of SpaceX grade, 30X stainless steel, you fold it like origami into the Cybertruck exoskeleton, then you drop it onto a skateboard chassis, just like every other Tesla with the battery pack, no stamping, no paint shop, which by the way, also means no paint flaws that they have to correct at the end of the production line. I imagine instead there might be a belt sander at the end of the production line with somebody manning that to take out any scratches that might make their way into the exposed stainless steel body finish during the assembly process. Now, in theory, it should be a lot quicker not just to build the Cybertruck but also to get the factory up and running to build," said Cybertruck. If Tesla ships this thing on time in, in you know by the end of 2021, I will be really impressed. And I honestly don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm being very sincere because this is a major new project with an entirely new assembly process at an entirely new factory with what I'm sure will be a largely entirely new workforce. Although I'm sure that Tesla will have some Fremont and or Shanghai folks come in to help get that new factory off and running. But anyway, here's hoping that Tesla pulls this off, but this is a very encouraging report so far here in the early stages. Next up this week, Model Y production is getting closer to happening over at Giga Shanghai, says a report in the Chinese media. This coming via Twitter user at D Kurak, K-U-R-A-C, who writes, Tesla Gigafactory 3 second phase main structures completed, electromechanical works and commissioning started, expected to be completed by October and November, the end of October and November, respectively, this is according to Chinese media citing a contractor. So that's uh, the report from D. there from Chinese media talking to a contractor. So a bit of a third-hand thing there, but nevertheless. Uh, and as Tesla Teslarati notes about this, Tesla's Chinese website currently lists two versions of the Model Y available for purchase. One is the Model Y dual motor which is listed with a price of uh, the U.S. equivalent of $71,443. And the other is the Model Y Performance, which is priced at the equivalent of $78,200. Delivery estimates. Here's the important part. Delivery estimates for the made-in-China Model Y are currently estimated for the first quarter of twenty twenty one, which would be again just one year after they started deliveries of the Made in China Model 3. So it sounds like those first deliveries could end up being early in Q1 if that progress report holds. This is just fantastic news out of Shanghai, which I'll tell you that that place, that building, that facility has been like a Super Mario Brothers-style mushroom power-up for Tesla ever since it came online for you fellow video game fans. Because it's just powered Tesla up. It has been nothing, nothing but good news coming out of Giga Shanghai for Tesla. So here's hoping that both Giga Shanghai, excuse me, Giga Berlin and Giga Texas can follow suit as far as just delivering more and more good news and compounding the good news, just uh, to you know pumping things up by an order of magnitude in the good news department. Uh, next up this week, Tesla has joined the Fair Cobalt Alliance in support of moral mining efforts. Tesla Roddy reporting, Quote, Tesla has joined the Fair Cobalt Alliance, a group dedicated to the development of fair cobalt by ensuring responsible mining practices and challenging investments into mine improvements. The organization also aims to minimize the environmental impact of cobalt mining and create decent working conditions for those who work at a mine. The Fair Cobalt Alliance works to keep children from working within any cobalt mine as well as the group establishes control and monitoring mechanisms to ensure fair labor that does not include underage workers. Tesla is one of 10 total members of the Fair Cobalt Alliance, joining Glencore, which is Tesla's cobalt provider, a quote from Tesla, Tesla is committed to making working conditions in our supply chain safe and humane, ensuring that workers are treated with respect and dignity and that manufacturing processes are environmentally responsible, end quote. Well, this is great to see uh, first and very much foremost because it's the right thing to do and it's the responsible thing to do. But secondarily from a business perspective, you also don't want to give any of these anti-electric vehicle people or these specific anti-Tesla naysayers any ammunition that they can use against them in, in what is, of course, Tesla's ongoing mission to, as you know, help transition the world to sustainable energy. You don't want anybody to be able to call you out and say, well, you're using underage workers in your cobalt mines or you're doing this or you're doing that, so... Good on Tesla, again, from first and foremost as people, but also secondarily to that as a business as well. Finally this week, as a teaser for Battery Day, Elon Musk, completely unprompted, tweeted the following, quote, many exciting things will be unveiled on Battery Day, September 22nd. And I end that, I end the news section on this note, not only because Elon is, cl- is clearly fired up about what's going to happen that day. But I am too. I'm very grateful and humbled and excited to report to you that I will be there. I have uh, received an invite, so thank you to Tesla for that. I am very much looking forward to bringing you firsthand reporting from the Battery Day event. So again, just as a quick reminder, next week's show uh, will be, of course, that'll air on the 20th. That'll be before Battery Day, so it'll be two episodes from now. Episode 269 airing on September 27th or September 26th if you're uh, if you've got the, the 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 Patreon early access. That will be the Battery Day full coverage episode. Super looking forward to that. Uh, and with that, stay tuned. I've got plenty of your awesome phone calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning Hotline right after a word from my friends at. TESLAB. Take a listen to this. All September long, Ride the Lightning is sponsored by TESLAB. TESLAB is an incredibly useful app that complements your Tesla ownership experience by helping you see and understand exactly how your vehicle is performing well beyond what the car shows you. I've been using it myself and think of it as a fitness tracker for your car, kinda like a Tesla version of a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. You can get real world range estimates in real time, you can monitor charge rates at superchargers to make sure you're getting all the juice you're supposed to, you can rate the superchargers and see other users ratings, including crowdsourced information about stuff like nearby food options and clean bathrooms. The creators of TezLab have even gamified it if you're interested in that aspect of it, offering friendly competitions with other Tesla users in your area for things like, say, who's driven the most efficiently that day, or who's visited the most superchargers in a day, for example. Best of all, you can export your data for your further knowledge, records, and even for your business accounting purposes. All this information and a lot more is available with TezLab, which you can get on the App Store and Google Play. Learn more and sign up at tezlab.app RTL. The app is free to use for life, but you can upgrade to a pro account for the price of a cup of coffee and get way more out of it. Check it out. That's tezlab.app RTL. T-E-Z-L-A-B dot A-P-P RTL. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to shine and be heard. I would love to hear from you. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, call me. There are two easy ways you can do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many listeners each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can take that same 90-second or less call and just call the Ride the Lightning hotline and leave a message. It's super simple. You can call at any time. It's toll-free, and the number is one 888 989 8752. That number one more time is one tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Brian from Juneau, Alaska is first up. Go ahead, Brian.
2: Hey Ryan, this is Brian from Juneau, Alaska. Second time caller, long time listener. I had a question about 1401 Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh, I think it was in 2018. Elon tweeted about possibly a Tesla restaurant with roller derby uh, folks who'd come out and get you food, and maybe Tesla, the Tesla, you know, you could order on your screen. Do we have any update on 1401 Santa Monica Boulevard? Um, Does Tesla still own that lot? Any plans of development for that restaurant? Or is that kind of a one and done kind of thing that didn't happen?
0: Thanks. Hey Brian, good job remembering this. I have to be completely honest. I had forgotten about this. Now for people who aren't familiar with what Brian is talking about, Two and a half years ago, in January of 2018, Elon tweeted, quote, gonna put an old school drive-in roller skates and rock restaurant at one of the new Tesla supercharger locations in LA, end quote. And the address that Brian is referencing is a lot that Tesla apparently owned. Now, there has been zero update on that, and for a while, that was pretty understandable, right? Tesla has spent the better part of the last two years tightening their belts, getting as fiscally responsible as they can, uh which certainly a a drive in and rock restaurant would probably not fit under that umbrella of of fiscal responsibility. but now they're turning profits, so hopefully this project will come back around in the next couple of years. Heck, now's as good a time as any to have a drive-in where you can order food in a touchless manner through your car's screen. So, uh, Brian, good job bringing this back up. I have added it to my list of things to ask Elon about should I ever get a chance once again. So, thank you, Brian. Daniel from Lawndale, California is next. He's a Model Y owner. Go ahead, Daniel.
2: Hello again, Ryan. This is Daniel calling from Lawndale, California. I've had my Model Y now for over five months, and have thoroughly been enjoying it every chance I get. I'm about to embark on my first major road trip with it up to Seattle, and my question is around preparedness for a flat tire. Given that our Teslas don't have a spare, nor run flats, there are many options to choose from, like a tire repair kit plus an air compressor, or a bottle of some type of slime, to a few spare tire options I've seen out there. Another option is just to call Tesla Road Service and have them come out. That of course would add some extra time on a road trip if you had to take your Tesla into a service center. These are all considerations I'm thinking through and I'm leaning towards a repair kit plus maybe an air compressor. But I wanted to get your thoughts as I know you've had some tire repair experience yourself. Thanks again for all you do, Ryan, and happy motoring.
0: Daniel, I am glad you brought this up because I have had the same conversation in my own head prior to each of my road trips. I do have an air compressor that permanently lives in that little side pocket in the very back of the Model 3 in the trunk compartment. And I have looked several times on the Tesla website, shop.tesla.com, at the Tesla tire repair kit, but I have yet to buy it. And the reason is because if you read the description there, because of the nature of the the patch goo or whatever it is that they're specifically using to patch the tire, it says the maximum driving distance that you should drive on that temporarily patched tire is 186 miles. Now, if that's an odd number, it's because it's, uh, it's a little bit more even in kilometers, 300 kilometers. And my thinking is, just for me, if I get stuck somewhere between San Francisco and Phoenix... 186 miles might not cut it, might not get me to a place where I can really get assistance, but I probably figure your call is making me reconsider. I probably should just get it and have it just in case. It wouldn't have to live in the car all the time because if I'm in town here in the Bay Area and I get a flat, which has happened, I can call Tesla Roadside, no problem, but it would be a thing to throw in the car, throw in the trunk or frunk out on the interstate on a road trip. So, I guess what I've been doing is just basically banking on roadside if I do need it. But yeah, I'm thinking now after listening to your call, I might go ahead and spring for that $80 Tesla tire repair kit, which by the way, does have a built-in compressor for uh, whenever my next trip is. So safe travels to you, Daniel. Thanks for your call. I'm going to go to Andrew in Mozambique, Africa. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: Hey Ryan, this is Andrew calling you from Mozambique, Africa. So I've been a Tesla fan and a listener of your podcast for a really long, long time because uh, both Nikola Tesla and Elon Musk have been inspirations in my life. Do you or your listeners know what it's like to have an all electric car in a place with no access to public chargers? I would love some pointers and advice. I'm almost positive that I will be the only one within a thousand miles with an all electric car. I love Africa and I love Tesla. I know we can make it work together. Also, I'm a big uh, fan of your podcast and I hope to hear at least a two hour podcast just for you to talk about what happens on battery day. Thank you for your time and your wisdom.
0: Well, Andrew, thank you very much for the kind words. I don't know if the Battery Day episode's gonna be two hours since part of my job as I see it is to try and save my listeners the time of having to listen to the entire presentation themselves, but I will definitely cover everything uh, no matter how long it takes, but with an eye towards respecting everybody's time. Anyway, uh, I am happy to invite any listeners to chime in who might own a Tesla in an area with little to no uh, charging infrastructure. But generally speaking, I would say that if you opt for the 500-mile tri-motor Cybertruck, which uh, for those, you know, you didn't hear in the call, but Andrew mentioned in his email he's going for the, the Cybertruck. But odds are, Andrew, that you're going to be able to do whatever you need to do in a given day and make it back home with no problems with that tri-motor 500-mile-range Cybertruck. And if you were traveling somewhere, well, at that point, I suppose your trip limit would be 500 miles because you would need a destination charger of some kind at uh, at the place you are going. So enjoy it once it arrives. I hope you don't have to wait too, too long to get it. Here's Kyle from Georgia up next. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Hello, this is Kyle from Georgia. I uh, called a while back about a Cybertruck um, I actually held off on doing that. I know that Tesla's not doing any new vehicles, uh, in the near future, according to Elon. But, uh, I would really love to, uh, kind of, I'm going to try to tweet it to him and maybe you can do the same. I'd love to see them do something like a, uh, Tesla Jeep Wrangler. I would, I would sign up for that right away. I want to hear your thoughts on it and maybe you can help me get, uh, Elon's attention on that. Thanks. Well, Kyle, I am sure that Tesla will get there eventually. I mean, while a Cybertruck might be able to do some off-roading, hopefully some serious off-roading, I know that what you're talking about, you're probably looking for, you mentioned the Wrangler, you're looking for an open-top, go-anywhere kind of adventuring uh, vehicle, maybe even something you can literally take the doors off of. you know there are, there are the fact is there are plenty of market segments left for tesla to enter and try their hand at and the that jeep wrangler adventurer kind of market is most definitely one of them but the reality is if it does happen it's probably going to be the, towards a decade away like maybe not actually 10 years but toward a, on the back you know closer to 10 than than 5 for sure, just given what's what's on Tesla's plate right now between the semi-truck, the, the cyber truck, the roadster, and then the other car that keeps getting talked about recently, but of course isn't isn't real yet. But the compact car, hot hatch, sort of city car, that would seem like it's probably gonna be the one after the other cars that are already announced. But we'll see. Charlie from Columbia, South Carolina. You are on the air next. Hey, Ryan. This is Charlie from Columbia, South Carolina. Love your podcast, and thanks for all the time that you put into it. Had a feature question slash request. Uh, I have a Cybertruck on order, uh, but I've never actually ridden in a Tesla before, other than just sitting in the showroom. And I was wondering if any of the Teslas have active noise canceling when you're driving. My wife has a Cadillac and it makes it super quiet when you're driving on the highways. And I was wondering if that's something that Tesla has or would be considering uh, in the future in terms of software updates. I know there's a ton of microphones as well as speakers in there and it could definitely be added and make the cabin that much quieter. So uh, just let me know. Thanks Ryan. Bye. Hey Charlie. Thanks for your call. I presume you're talking about for phone calls. The Bluetooth sounds okay, and you do have the advantage of being in a car that's naturally quiet, but admittedly, it's probably not up to par with an active noise cancellation system like the one you're talking about with a Cadillac. I would definitely recommend taking a test drive when you get a chance. I mean, they are offered in a touchless way now at Tesla, and or maybe even have a friend or family member test drive while you call them. While they're in the car, with, and they're using the NCAR Bluetooth system, so that you can hear both ends of it. You can try out both sides of it. I took a look at a map, and unfortunately, it looks like the closest store to you is due north in Charlotte, just across the border there. But uh, you could also try and connect with your local Tesla owners club, and maybe they would be happy to help you experience it as well. Cheers, Charlie. Uh, Eric from Australia, an old friend, is up next. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you, Ryan.
3: It's Eric Levin, formerly from Wollongong, now in Waka Waka, Australia. I just wanted to weigh in on your comment on the Chrome delete. I totally agree that it is very personal and subjective, um, and lots of people, for some reason, seem to prefer matte black over Chrome. Personally, I cannot understand it. Uh, we were holding off on getting the Model 3 because we wanted to see how the Model Y will look like when it comes out. And when we saw the black trim, we just decided, no, we do not want that. And we went ahead and bought the Model 3, uh long-range all-wheel drive. And um, mm-hmm. now uh, with the rumors that the uh, Model 3 might also go for the Chrome Delete, then um, I am so glad that we didn't wait any longer. Once again, thank you for your excellent uh, Tesla coverage, and I look forward to many, many years of more episodes. Thanks a lot. Cheers.
0: Thank you, Eric. Yeah, everybody has a preference on it, and there's no right or wrong answer for sure. But it does seem that for better or worse, Tesla is moving away from it. The Y doesn't have chrome trim, uh, the Cybertruck doesn't, and neither does the Roadster. If and when the S and X get redesigned, uh, I'd bet they won't have it either. But nevertheless, congratulations on your Model 3. I hope you enjoy enjoy its chrome-trimmed ride for many years to come. And also, I want to give a shout-out. Thank you to Mitch from Marin, who called in and pointed out that Sandy Monroe, our our friend of the show, of course, uh, brought his name up many times and interviewed him not too long ago, noted on one of his videos uh, that, that Mitch watched, that Chrome Delete on the Y is apparently cheaper to make and better for the environment uh, as far as sourcing it and producing it. So uh, thank you to both Eric and Mitch for that. Uh, Next, I have, who's next here? Ari from Maryland. Go ahead, Ari.
2: Hey, Ryan, this is Ari calling from Maryland. Uh, First time caller, thanks for the great podcast. Been listening for a while now. I was calling because we're we're current Model 3 owners and taking delivery of a Model Y, uh, with the difference being that we went for the white interior this time around. Uh, I know you're a white interior Model 3 owner, so I just wanted to call and see if you could give any tips as far as products um, for keeping those seats clean. Uh, I think you've mentioned baby wipes in the past, but um, any specific products that you would recommend that have been doing well for you? any kind of general tips as far as uh, maintenance and avoiding things like blue gene transfer. Uh, Thanks again for the great podcast and look forward to hearing your response.
0: Hi Ari, well just a couple shows back I mentioned a new product that I'm using that worked great the first time I tried it. It's called Orange Degreaser and it's made by Chemical Guys who is a uh, a well-known and well-respected, they make car detailing products. Make sure to follow the directions exactly is the big thing that I would say. You have to dilute it pretty good and make sure, the other thing is, make sure none of it gets left behind. But it is excellent. Other than that, I would just try to avoid any brand new dark jeans until they've been washed a few times. And if you do get a little blue jean transfer, orange degrease it ASAP. Uh, So it's admittedly, it is more maintenance with the white interior than with the black interior. But personally, and this is I, this is echoed by a, a lot of people I see on the forums and and that I speak with, I think the look is worth the trade-off of of having that additional level of care, and I personally have no regrets about getting the white interior. So, enjoy that Model Y. Finally this week, Bob from Massachusetts will take us home with a feature suggestion Go ahead, Bob.
3: Hey, Ryan. This is Bob from Massachusetts. I really appreciate the work you do every week to put in to make your podcast interesting and informative. Uh, And I have a feature suggestion. I would really like it if when I'm getting out of the car, I could turn off the power steering. I can do that by opening and closing the charge door, but I'd really like to have that be a a built-in feature.
0: Thanks a lot. I like that idea, Bob. That way you've got an additional sturdy thing to hang on to when you're getting out of the car. It's totally doable, I'm I'm sure. Again, I mean, I'm not an engineer, but it does seem like it's it's totally possible. So this is one of those where all I can say is here is hoping that Tesla hears this. I presume it would be, if when they implemented it, it would be a pretty straightforward box you could check in the steering settings that just says, disable power steering when in park. So thank you very much for your call, Bob, and take care. Thanks to everybody that called in. I really enjoy this section of the podcast. I love hearing from all of you. So again, feel free to call me anytime. One of two easy ways I gave you the uh, methods to do that at the top of this segment. So stay tuned. I'll be right back with your pro tip of the week and uh, your... Lucid Air impressions coming up again at the very end of the podcast as well. So stay tuned right after this.
3: This is
2: Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master
0: Chief, out. Well, this is usually the part of the show where I tell you what I've been up to with my car, which I named The Spirit of Adventure, after Up, my favorite Pixar film. But uh, it's not doing much. I'm barely leaving the house. In fact, I have not even walked the dog the last two days as I record this. San Francisco has uh, is is being rained on by ash. Uh, the West Coast, a lot of it is as, as you well know, is being really uh, punished by the effects of wildfires and the air quality is is so bad that uh, it's just not even worth walking the dog because it's it's just be it'd be breathing really bad air. I tell you I've gotten all too familiar with the air quality index over I mean I guess it started a couple of years ago but but yeah like right now air qual AQI 192 air quality rated as unhealthy. So I hope everybody out there, all my West Coast listeners are uh, staying as safe as possible. The good news is the Teslas are actually one of the safest places to be. I know that's just sounds like a a lame uh, fanboy thing to say, like, oh, just hang out in your Tesla. But the bioweapon defense mode, if you've got an S or an X that have that feature, works exceptionally well. And even I saw on Reddit, the Tesla Motors Reddit, somebody had run a test with an AQI meter from their Model 3 with the air circulating. And uh, and it was also giving a really, really good reading. So um, that's, you know, you, you can at least maybe take a drive. Uh, you, you can at least maybe take a drive with that air research. So per an Elon Musk tweet, uh, when the, the last major wildfires were hitting the Bay Area in California about two years ago, he had said somebody had asked him, "Well, are, are is bioweapon defense mode going to come to the three and then the Y?" And he said, "No, they're you know they're they're just these physically huge things, and the cars the aren't designed for them the way the S and the X are." But he suggested setting your air, you know, t- turn your AC on, set to fan speed five with uh, with the with it recirc. So hit the recirc button so that it's not bringing in fresh air; it's recirculating the air in the cabin. So I've been doing that just following Elon's advice and, um, anyway, yeah, I, I hope, I hope all of you on the West Coast that are, that are listening to this are, are doing okay. Cause I know as of Friday night when I recorded, there's, there've been some evacuations in Oregon. So, uh, stay safe out there. I, I hope you're all doing okay. Uh, let's see real quick. Well, I guess I'll just mention if you are staying inside for pandemic reasons or wildfire reasons or any other reason, and you need a video game reference, well, sure, I've, I've got you covered there. I'm, I'm uh, all plugged into that world. And I wanted to mention a, a bit of a left-field game today. Uh, it's one I'm very fond of. It's from a, about two or so, two, two and a half years ago. It's called Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch. It is a, a sort of old-school-style, like 16-bit Super Nintendo-style uh, role-playing game. With a with a party of people, and each each of the each of the eight party members has their own stories, and you can pick which part which stories you play in what order. And uh, it's it's just a really well crafted role playing game, and the visuals it has one of the most unique and appealing visual styles I've seen in a long time. It's the retro sixteen bit pixel art style, but with three D real time lighting, so everything kind of gets this like shadow box Just really distinct look to it So you can look it up on YouTube if you're curious Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch Pro tip of the week time This one is from Paul calling in from the Isle of Man in the UK with a tip for fellow UK owners or those of you with British accents, I suppose or applies to anybody with a British accent Go ahead, Paul
1: Hi Ryan, this is uh, Paul from the Isle of Man a little tip for the UK owners of the Model 3. If you're trying to set the dog mode, if you say set dog mode, it nearly always um, displays set dark mode. and it says um, action not available. But if you say set dog mode, it works. So I hope that tip helps. Take care, mate. Bye.
0: Well, Paul, clearly the voice commands were programmed by a bunch of Californian engineers, I suppose, right? Uh, regardless, thank you very much for that tip. I actually, that is that is a good one. Hopefully, it helps out my UK listeners. Cheers, Paul. Uh, and with that, before I get to the, again, I promised you the lucid air impressions at the very end of the show, just in case you don't want them, first let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning where maybe we can help each other. If you pick up uh, any of their products that you're about to hear, you can uh, help yourself out and help me out as well with the uh, a little affiliate action here. First, I will mention my friends at abstractocean.com. They've, uh, the, the Costco as I've billed them, the Costco of the Tesla aftermarket com- uh, supply world, I guess rows and rows of good stuff from tempered glass screen protectors custom fitted for the three and the y you've got the roadster style t-e-s-l-a lettering that you could put on the back of your model 3 or model y you know i haven't seen it on the back of a y yet could look cool on there i'd love to see that you've got uh, interior lighting kits in different colors or just a brighter white light kit you could do uh, the center console wraps, the vinyl wraps, to change the look and appearance of that scratch-prone and fingerprint-prone center console. All that, a lot more, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. RTLPODCAST, all one word for that coupon code. Meanwhile, SnapPlate the uh, awesome front license plate for people that hate front license plates. It's easily removable, but it is totally secure when it's on. Uh, You can remove it with the included tool that you can keep in your glove box or in your center console. You can take it off for car shows, for washing your car. You can put it on for, uh, for while you're parked at a parking meter to avoid tickets have it on, uh, put it on for uh, toll roads and bridges, etc. You can pick it up for any of the Teslas now because they've just launched it for Model S. Uh, it's, it doesn't interfere with autopilot or anything else. Pick it up at livingtesla.com slash RTL. The slash RTL is key there if you don't mind. Uh, and then puretesla.com slash RTL there as well, the slash RTL. Uh, very important to that URL. Your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. 128 gigabyte kit is just $49. $69 if you want to step up to the 256 fix. <laughs> Let me try that again. 256 gigabyte kit comes fully formatted, ready to go right out of the package, works with Mac or PC, and they will ship for free anywhere in the US or a, mod- a modest shipping rate. Internationally. So you're, it's just, you got to get this for your dash cam. I am uh, very happy to have mine and I know that it's going to be reliable. It's going to work. Uh, it is going to be just fine. So puretesla.com slash RTL. And then Jada, you've got the Jada wireless charging pad as well as the Jada USB hub. If you'd like some more USB ports, including USB C ports, they've got the hub for the 3 and for the Y. Uh, so that's available for you there. And then for the three, a wireless charging pad for your smartphone. Now, you know, the new threes come with it. So if you don't have a brand new Model 3, odds are you probably could use a Jada wireless charging pad. You buy it once and then you've got it for the life of the car. You're done. That's what I've uh, got going on with my car. And I'm very happy to have that accessory. Coupon code there. Thank you, Jada. The coupon is Ride the Lightning. That's the promo code, all one word. Make sure you spell lightning correct. Ride the lightning, all one word. That will get you $10 off. And the URL for that, by the way, again, please use this specific URL, which is getjada.com R-E-F slash eight. And Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And then, of course, Immaculate Reflections, who's been taking great care of me and my car for the two years that I've had it. Just ceramic coated my new Zero-G wheels, so now they're going to clean up very, very easily for a long, long time. Uh, Whether you're interested in ceramic coating for the body, the wheels, whether you want to do paint protection film on some or all of the car, maybe you want to do paint correction to take out some of the flaws either from the factory or that have accumulated over time. If you're in the Bay Area or going to be in the Bay Area, Immaculate Reflections will take phenomenal care of you, I promise and they do offer a discount for listeners of this podcast. Just mention that you are a Ride the Lightning listener for that discount. The website to go to is irdetailing.com, short, of course, for Immaculate Reflections Detailing, detailing irdetailing.com. That is about the end of the promo stuff, I think. Ah, other than the Patreon, which I mentioned at the top, patreon.com slash Podcast. If you are willing and able to support my efforts, I do put a lot of time, energy, love, and enthusiasm into this podcast. The Patreon support will always be voluntary, but my hope is uh, that maybe at some point along the way, if you get a lot out of the show, as I hope you do, that you might be able to, uh, to throw me some support over on Patreon. You can subscribe just about anywhere, that's free. It just means the show will push out to you automatically. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, yes, in your Tesla. I'm on Spotify and then YouTube as well, just audio only, but you can listen there. Search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll find my channel, no problem. And then before I get to the Lucid Air Impressions, a thank you to the Patreon producers. They get a number of perks at their... Their uh, level of support that they're kind enough to give me. It includes being shouted out here at the end of the show. So thank you to Pete White, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith. Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabaneas, Richard Folkers, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversoll, Ish, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Seth Capello, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, at Rodam, my friend on Twitter, Hud Hassel, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and John Schmidt. Thank you all so very much for your continued support. And with that, I want to tell you about the Lucid Air. So, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I was very fortunate to not only be invited, but really be uh, right in the neighborhood, so to speak. Lucid's corporate headquarters is right here in the Bay Area, not far from Tesla's factory. And uh, they are building a factory, Lucid is, in Casa Grande, Arizona, for my fellow uh, people from Arizona or that, that, of course, still live there. You're going to have, hopefully, thousands of jobs created by Lucid. That is the hope that they're going for. So I went in a couple weeks ago, and it's all under embargo. The embargo lifted this week at their global reveal. So uh, here I am to, to give you my impressions now. And I have to say, just at the top, I was very impressed. Not just with the vehicle, but with the, the plan of the company. And I will tell you this, I'm not easily impressed. And I don't say that as some like stuffy critic, but I've been in enthusiast media professionally for the better part of 20 years now, which is, which, wow, that is crazy to say. But yeah, I'm, I'm coming up on my 18th anniversary as an enthusiast media professional. That is crazy. Anyway, um, so I've been kind of, you know, wined and dined a lot, and had the red carpet rolled out. And Lucid was doing that. They were, and I don't say this in a criticizing way or a flattering way, just as an observation. Like they're, I I knew they're walking me through, they're giving me a tour, showing me everything. They're trying to impress me. They're you know they're they're being super nice. I mean, better than being super mean. But anyway, the point of that is to say that I was not, uh, sort of just being. I wasn't falling for being wooed. <laughs> if you know, I was I was there to see what this car was all about and what their company and their plan was all about. And the reason that I'm impressed is again, they are doing a lot of Tesla-y things. Uh their CEO and CTO, Chief, Chief Technical Officer, Peter Rawlinson is formerly of Tesla. He was there at the beginning of the Model S program. He helped get the S off the ground. Although this past week on Twitter, Elon, uh, did not have super kind words for Peter Rawlinson, but that is, that's his, his that's like a, he said, he said, he said thing there. So I enjoyed my time. I had, I got to speak with Peter for about half an hour or so uh, just privately, just over in their showroom there at their Newark corporate headquarters. But anyway, so the car is, if you've seen it, I would, you know, just pause this if you can, look it up on your phone or computer, the Lucid Air. It is, I'll tell you, it's been the one that I've been the most optimistic about, even though it has been around a long time. Lucid was trying to get off the ground several years ago. Their financing wasn't there. It looked like they might have been dead in the water, but then they got a Saudi Arabian investment of significant amount. It was a multi-billion dollar investment. And that has enabled them to get their factory going and their their vehicle program going. And what's interesting is uh, I learned on this, I did not know that Lucid provides all the drivetrains for Formula E racing, which is pretty cool because it gives them... A, not only they get their name out there a little bit, but it gives them a chance to torture test their technology, which is smart that's really cool so yeah, they walked me through the facility, which again it's not the car factory that's that's being built in Casa Grande, Arizona, but there are a number of areas they are still assembling cars there, like you know tester cars, prototype cars, so there were a number of different areas. this is a large facility. And walking through it was really neat. It reminded me a lot of walking through the Tesla factory in 2011 during the Tesla factory open house that I was very lucky to get to go to with a friend of mine who at the time had an, he, he was a, he'd been on the, the waiting list. He he had a reservation for the Model S and he invited me to that open house event. And so I got, I was lucky. I got to see I got to literally walk through the Tesla factory in the very beginning before Model S production actually started. And it was just so neat. And uh, obviously it's a good thing that Tesla has grown so much and, and, you know, doing the factory tour now is night and day different. But walking through, uh, getting a tour of the Lucid facility as it is now here. It reminded me a lot of that, a lot of that same sort of startup spirit, and but they're doing a lot of the same stuff Tesla So they're they're going to do mobile service vans. They've got a phone app with uh, that you can control all the car functions through. Uh, they have self-presenting door handles. It's you know the, the it's all touchscreen interfaces. Although they've even got a couple of more screens in front of the. There's an instrument cluster screen. There's one over. There's a couple of them in the center stack. It's not just the main big one. So it's, they've got a lot going on and basically their idea is, their goal is to, they're aiming for the ultra luxury niche. Basically they want to come in above the Model S, sort of in that like almost Maybach, Bentley, I mean it's the really luxurious ultra high end and they've got that 517 mile range battery that they're that they're doing on the high end which again that's not an official EPA number so we'll see if they actually get that but but they are going for the ultra luxury and you know cuz if we're being honest like the Model S is an amazing car the Model S is arguably the best car on the planet in in my certainly Tesla fanboy opinion but it also has the trophies to back it up including the car of the century award from Motor Trend. So the Model S is a legitimate vehicle. We all know that. But it is more of a performance sports sedan. You know, I think you can fairly say it's not the most luxurious sedan. So that's where the Lucid Air is trying to come in. And I'll tell you, sitting in it, yeah, it's it's really cool. There are, uh, the, the, the seats are, everything's appointed. There's Alcantara everywhere. The materials are very nice. Uh, there's uh, the interior col- color packages. There are several of them. They're all themed after different areas of California, but in a really nice way, they've got different wood materials. And like I said, the Alcantara and the, and just a lot of different stuff. So uh, I thought that was cool. They've got Alexa built in. They've got a cell phone connection, a, a you know, a cellular connection, built into every car. And even the 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 front passengers, it's kind of like a a, a mini Model X windshield where it's just glass above your head uh, for the most part. Like if you just you know you you look up from the driver's position and you just see glass. So that's pretty cool. So it's. And, and I think looks wise, I definitely think personally the model S is far more attractive, but I like the look of the Lucid Air. I think it's a nice car. Now, what was, what, what really initially I think drew a lot of people to the Lucid was, uh, the back seat is a, uh, like two plush reclining chairs, like a total executive package back seat. And so I asked them about that. They are still going to make that car, but not at launch. They're just doing a bench seat in the back for now. Uh, and I will say one, for, for the, all the design stuff they're doing, that seems like it's a pretty good idea, because their drag coefficient is, I think it's even better than Tesla's. It's, it's really good. So, uh, but one thing I will say is when I went to get in the back seat, I, the way the roof slopes down is really weird. And the door opening for the second row is not large. I whacked my head on the way into the car because there was not as much headroom that like that, that, that door cavity opening was not nearly as big as I, as my body expected it would be. And I, 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 I bumped my head and I mean, yeah, I guess you'd get used to it, but guess what? Like Anytime you're putting a, a friend, a relative, a, a a new passenger back there, you might have to warn them like, hey, just make sure to make sure you duck your head down to get in that back seat. So that was my biggest sort of um, comfort issue that I had with the the prototype that I got to sit in and photograph and play around in. I didn't get to drive it and I then I didn't get to ride in it either. It was just a an idle car on display. But all the screens were now. I will say uh, the screens were all super laggy, and they did specifically say they're still working on that. It's not the instant response that Tesla has, so hopefully that will get better for them. Um, but what else can I say? I mean, the they, again, so by going for that ultra luxury niche, they're expensive by design. You know, 500 mile car, a lot of you know premium materials, fit and finish, the whole thing the they're starting their version of the signature edition like tesla would do or in the roadster's case it's going to be the founder series but the the s and the x had the signature edition well they're doing a dream edition get it lucid dream so and that car is hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars before incentives it's due to debut in spring of 2021 uh, but there are, you know, there are other options, there are other things. So there are going to be more performance-oriented versions. You know, you may have seen they ran, in one of the prototypes, they ran the quarter mile in 9.9 seconds, and that was in a dual-motor car. They are working on a tri-motor version. Now, the tri-motor isn't going to get 517 miles of range. I, I did ask about that, and th- but uh, still... And they do also have a a version that will be under hundred thousand that's in the pipeline. So it's going to be really interesting to see what what it looks like. I would say the other big thing, because again, I, I really thought I, speaking to Peter, you know, he, his Tesla experience is clearly being used here. It's being put to good use. They're uh, you know the, they seem to be following the Tesla blueprint in a lot of ways, but the one thing that I, and I, I respectfully raised this to Peter while I was speaking to him. And, uh, and it's this, that, uh, they do not have plans for their own charging network. They are going to rely on Electrify America and other third party systems. So when I spoke to Peter about that, and again, remember that Peter was in this same position, uh, what, let's see, would have been, 7 well 8 no 9 years ago now in in putting together the the Model S in the beginning. So he's been through this and and uh so again I I asked him well okay if you're not going to build your own network would you would you talk to Tesla about using the supercharger network since of course charging infrastructure is key you're they're not planning on investing in their own. And the third party networks are not as ubiquitous as they need to be, nor are they necessarily as reliable as they need to be. And Elon has repeatedly said over the years when asked about it, he has said that Tesla would be open to letting other manufacturers license to use the network. And so I put all of this to Peter Rawlinson and he said, no, they had not contacted Tesla about the supercharger network and they did not plan to. So for me, that was unfortunate, and that is honestly my biggest complaint about Lucid's, really, I think, otherwise very solid Tesla-like plan so far, because in my humble opinion, even a 517-mile range vehicle isn't going to be particularly desirable for road trips if the long-distance charging network uh, is not in place and it's and it's not easily guided to from inside the car, so you gotta have the network. I'm um, I'm not convinced that they've they're going to have a, a very user friendly situation there as of yet. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, they are starting at the high end. Obviously, their their production volume will be. You know, they're not going to go right into Model 3 territory of hundreds of thousands of cars a year, just like Tesla didn't. Tesla had to build towards that and, and get to that point. But uh, there's there's a lot to like. I As a Tesla fan, I was very impressed by what Lucid's plan is and and what the product is thus far. And, you know, Peter said to me that he hopes that they'll eventually be able to produce more cars and move down market. But he, he even said, he said, and in his words, I'm paraphrasing, if we end up being the Porsche of EVs, just meaning like just doing the super high end stuff, he's okay with that. He's, he's okay with this. You know, they're just having more EVs out there because what he and I talked about was, you know, even at that price point of 170 plus thousand dollars, that if you can get, those, those comparable gas cars off the road, the super high-end Mercedes, the MyBox, the Bentleys, the what have you, if you can get those cars off the road and replace them with an electric car in the form of the Lucid Air, well, that's a win, and those people will probably fall in love with driving electric, as many of the early Model S owners did and Model X owners that now have a second Tesla that's a 3 or a Y, it will just help more families get on board and just get more, more, more families going electric, more gas cars off the road. So they would be doing their part. So that is my spiel on Lucid. It, it was, a, uh, it definitely reminded me a lot of the early days of Tesla from my experience in a very good way. They're being led by an ex Tesla guy who's been through this before, who's started from zero and the the car seems really good. The specs are, I mean, certainly the performance numbers are there, the range numbers are there, and uh they're they're I think they've they've got a, a great chance. I think they have a much better chance than a lot of the other startup electric car companies, or even not even startups, just the other electric cars from any other company, whether they're a startup or a legacy auto manufacturer. So I think lucid's got a good shot here, and I'll I'll just be honest, I am rooting for them. I hope they succeed, I hope the lucid air turns out to be a great car. And I'll be keeping an eye on them to to see what they're they're up to. Again, I won't be affording their vehicles anytime soon. And I'm also super happy with my Tesla. I brought that up with Peter too. It's like, you know, you're, you're, I don't think, I think the way to think about this is Lucid is not trying to convince us as Tesla owners to buy a Lucid you know, we love, generally, you know, customers love Teslas. Tesla has the highest customer satisfaction rating in the entire car industry. It would probably be rather futile to try and lure Tesla owners away from Tesla to go to Lucid. But the, their goal is to, is to go get the customers of those gasoline cars, those internal combustion engine cars, if they can bring them over with their, you know, ultra luxury interior and more, you know, more luxury stuff going on than the Model S has, then that is a win. So they're going for the gas car customers, not, they're not gonna try and convince you to to leave your Tesla behind because they're smart enough to know that you're probably not going to do that. So good luck to Lucid. I I, uh, applaud what they're up to so far. I, I was very impressed by what I saw. And that is that. That is the Lucid Air, so uh, welcome welcome to the party, Lucid. Looking forward to seeing you launch next year. That will about wrap it up for me uh, for a, oh yeah, snoozing Daisy the Boxer. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning 267, and I'll be back for my 40th birthday episode next week. What better way to celebrate my birthday than, than with a podcast? Why not? Number 268 coming your way in one week's time along with the start of my 40s. So here's hoping they, uh, they both go well. But uh, happy electric motoring to all of you, and I will see you back next week.